to What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. And today we are reviewing quite possibly the most uh, anticipated Marvel movie of the year and potentially the most anticipated superhero movie of the year. It's See, certainly up there. I would say it tied with uh, Shazam 2, but then we all saw how that <laughs> turned out. I, but there was I, a minute where people were like, oh, God, Shazam 2 is going to be great. And then it happened. I, I, I honestly thought you were being sarcastic because I don't think anybody was excited for Shazam 2. I think the minute for before we saw a trailer, people were eager when they knew it was coming out. No, 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 this no, no. Year. See, after Black Adam came out, the hype for Shazam 2 just died. It withered really? on the vine. Yeah. No, but yeah. people knew Shazam 1 was amazing. People knew that. Yeah, so I, but but I really do think that... You know how Rise of Skywalker suffered because of Han Solo? Or sure. because of Solo? That's yeah. literally... I feel like that's literally what happened with... Uh, well, no, that broke even because Rogue One was amazing and everyone loved it. Well, yeah, but... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, Let's not I, get into this. Is not no. We are not doing the Star Wars here. The, now. No, we're not. I know we're it's not. May. I get it. I I get it. We get it. But yeah, we cannot. That would no. Be a yeah, we episode. we gotta we we got we gotta feed people. We have to move on. Yes. Well, no. <laughs> we we'll we'll have our arguments when the Daisy Ridley starring Star Wars Ten comes out. Oh God, that's gonna be whew, no, but speaking of galaxies far, far away, yes, uh, this is this when when the very first movie of this trilogy was announced, it was marketed as kind of Star Wars but Marvel, and mm-hmm. we're talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise or mm-hmm. sub franchise of the MCU franchise, more specifically the newest and quite possibly like not the ending. But the era, end of an era movie, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So basically, mm-hmm. this is the end of the James Gunn era of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Uh, because he is now co-CEO of DC Film Studios. So mm, That's going to be... Well, we'll see. We will see. Um, but you know, you know what's really interesting to see? That, you know, he... He basically gets the gig as co-CEO with Peter Safran of DC films. Mm-hmm. Um, he immediately hits the ground running with like, uh, with like, like re-editing the Flash apparently, mm-hmm. um, like dropping Henry Cavill as Superman. He, he hits the ground running with like these big changes. Oh yeah, huge. And he's basically like, you look at his Twitter feed, his social media. It's basically just. DC universe all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And, and then obviously he has to do the, uh, the press tour for, for guardians. And it's Which like is pivot- awkward as shit. It's so awkward that he has to pivot back to Marvel. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, like, listen, and you can tell he's so done. He's so done. And what makes it even more like it's layers of awkwardness is that all any, like any film blogger, like press people, all they want to talk about is like, so what are your plans for Superman legacy? <laughs> you know, you know, Chris Pratt's there talking about like, yeah, no, you know, this is how I feel about playing star Lord or, or Dave Batista going like, yeah, this is my last time as Drax. The Marvel cinematic universe has helped my career so much. And then James Gunn, the guy who wrote and directed mm-hmm. this entry, all three entries of the gardens of the galaxy franchise. They're like, yeah. uh, so enough of that Marvel bullshit. Tell us about your plans for DC. <laughs> that has to be so awkward. 
Well, I'm sure he, you know what? Knowing Disney, they probably said, talk about the Marvel movie. Do not talk about DC. Yeah, because he always try. I I, I he saw pivots. like he, pivots he tries to pivot back, but they're always like, "So who do you have in mind for the new Superman?" And he's like, "Oh Jesus!" Or, or he'll be like, I, "If I were him, I'd sit down to the guy interviewing me, and I would say, any DC questions I cannot answer. I'm telling you now." I, I love how one guy got around. He's like, "So you love working with this cast?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I've been working with this cast for almost ten years." Who? Which of this these cast members are you going to bring over to Superman Legacy? Jesus Christ. <laughs> he did at least go like he did answer some questions one he one question he answered was crypto the super dog is apparently going to be in superman legacy okay and that there is someone from guardians galaxy volume three who's going to be in superman legacy like Uh, the character or the actor the actor there's there's going to be some there's there's going to be someone oh we know already who it's going to be it's um the guy from uh, uh, Firefly. Nathan Fillion? Yeah, oh, that's, abs- that's oh, who yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. He's going to have Nathan I, Fillion in it. Yeah, it's going to be Nathan Fillion. I, I was like, it's either Nathan Fillion or or his wife. One of those it's, two. It's Listen, he loves his wife, but sorry. That's his wife. Nathan Fillion is his muse. Let's be clear. <laughs> right. Let's be clear. Um, He'll have Nathan Fillion in it. It's a question of how big of a role is yeah. Nathan Fillion gonna have? Yeah. So, but you know, speaking of of Guardians of the Galaxy, let, let's kind of let's kind of yeah, circle yeah, back to, to just Guardians of the Galaxy. So, this 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 these entries were marketed as Marvel's take of kind of the 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 the, the, the under the the Star Wars like space western adventure space opera type shit, mm-hmm. right? I remember when it was first announced that they were going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. This was like way back in 2012, 2011, I think. When they announced it, yes. Right? And I rem- I distinctly remember that Kevin Feige goes like, yeah, we have this workshop where a bunch of up-and-coming screenwriters um, like write spec scripts of our characters. And this woman, Nicole – oh, I forget her name. Nicole Pearlson? I'm sorry. I, I-, I don't remember the the, mm-hmm. the writer's name. She wrote a spec script for Guardians of the Galaxy. Kevin Feige loved it and immediately convinced all of Marvel Studios and by extension Disney that, hey, I really think we should greenlight this and we can make use this movie to introduce Thanos properly. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just like, who are these people? We've yeah. never heard of them. What? what? That, that was my reaction when I first heard about it. I was like, who are these yeah, and you know they they, you know, uh, Bob Iger immediately was like, uh, so so the 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 woman who wrote it, Nicole Perlman. Mm-hmm. So I just I just want to give her credit because she was the one who start she really was the one who started all this with with writing that spec script. Mm-hmm. So they started uh, they started bringing in directors to pitch their take of Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn comes in, he famously pitches it like. I'm going to do this, but I'm also going to tell this story through music. I'm going to kind of re retool star Lord's character. This is what I want to do. Kevin Feige really loved it. Uh, James Gunn famously did a page one rewrite of, mm-hmm. of guardians of the galaxy. And you know, it, that basically made him the, the kind of mogul that, that jump started his, his ascent into being a Hollywood mogul. Mm-hmm. It was quite possibly the most popular. Like when it came out, it was 
by far the most popular Marvel movie of that year. Uh, oh, maybe... it was, it is, it's in, you got to remember, it's in most people's top five. Yeah, 2014, people forget 2014 was a great year for Marvel because that's when Winter Soldier and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out. And every mm-hmm. everyone always says, if it's not Winter Soldier, it's Guardians of the Galaxy as the quote unquote best MCU movie. It's, well, I'll get it to where it's on my list. But yes, it's, it's, people put it high, put either one of those high up there. Yeah, and you know th- the, that movie made that movie along with uh, Jurassic World made Chris Pratt an A-list star. Oh, yeah. uh, it I, like I stated earlier, it made Dave Bautista uh, into the actor he is now. Because before it was like, oh, the stunt casting of a of a wrestler as the heavy or as this strong guy Drax, and that that kind of led to him being a very respectable actor. If it yeah. wasn't for Guardians of the Galaxy, he wouldn't have gotten on Spectre. And if it wasn't for Spectre, he wouldn't have gotten on uh, Blade, Blade Runner, Runner 20, 2049. Blade and if it wasn't for Blade Runner 2049, that wouldn't have elevated him into like a respectable actor. Yeah. Being the lead in like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, which that's <laughs> regardless of any thoughts on the movie, that's impressive. Yeah. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Obviously, uh, this movie also made um, like also just proved that Zoe Saldana knows how to... Uh, how to choose blockbuster projects. She's yes, now she really does. Now, now she's like the she only knows. not actress actor who's been in multiple billion dollar franchises. Oh, she's you're been right. In, she's been in three and no one's come close. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hold on. It's been uh, guardians, avatar and pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my God. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah uh, she knows how to pick them. Yeah. And this, and in a, it was a smaller role, but it eventually she becomes a main Guardians member as well. Uh, Karen Gillan, who up until that point was only known as one of the Doctor one, Who people, one of the Doctor Who people in England. You know, she did a horror movie in America, but it but that horror movie got her Guardians, and that's also what jump started her her American career. Mm-hmm. Um, and like say before, this is kind of what led to James Gunn becoming his. His own, a Hollywood mogul in his own right. Mm. But yeah, the movie was great. Uh, We've talked about it many times before in our previous Marvel reviews that uh, I think, is the first Guardian your favorite Marvel movie, if I'm not mistaken? So it was for years. It is now number two, uh, with one being the first Iron Man. I Mm. recently re-saw it and I realized how amazing it is. Oh, that movie's great. I was reminded, I should say, I was reminded how amazing it is. So... Let me be clear. We're talking hairs of a difference, but Guardians of the Galaxy is my number two. But for years, it was my number one Marvel movie. It's still, it's my number two. It's in the top five. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, Winter Soldier is my number three. I've realized as well. So, you know, Winter Soldier is my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I've stated this before. I didn't mind the first Guardians of the Galaxy you know, I was like, oh, this is fun. I wasn't as in love with it as the rest of my friends were as URC. But I was like, this is good. This is fine. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I guess I wasn't on its wavelength in the sense of its quirkiness. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't be then sitting here and say like, oh, I had a horrible time with the movie. No, I enjoyed it. And when it's on TV, I'll, I'll watch it. Um, yeah. my, my complaints 
are pretty minimal in the sense that like yeah, I, it just wasn't my vibe. Like, and that's fine. That doesn't make the movie bad. It's just not something I'll rewatch over and over again. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like the technical aspects, I would just say that the third act kind of devolves into your stereotypical, which at that point wasn't a stereotype, but now is that it seemed like all Marvel films in their third act end up with like a big air battle sequence. Yes, this um, is true. They've now done this, but honestly, they might've copied uh, guardians a little bit on that. And, Copied who? Copied Guardians on that. Who? I'm saying other Marvel movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, no, they copied Avengers because Avengers did it first. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I would say that um, the characterizations I was totally on board with. I was like, yeah, I like these characters. These characters are fine. I'd like to see them in more things. Uh, and then, you know, God. That immediate following Comic-Con after the release of Guardians, the first one, they immediately announced, oh, yeah, Volume 2 is coming out in 2017. Yeah. Um, And everyone was like, well, yeah, duh, that movie made a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I saw the Volume 2 together. We did. We saw it with, was there someone else we were? I don't remember. I I, I don't remember. But we did see it together. We did. Yeah. The Volume 2 adds uh, Palm Clementif as new team member Mantis. Mm-hmm. As stated before, Karen Gillian, her character Nebula goes from being an enemy to also joining the Guardians. Mm-hmm. And this one goes deeper into kind of Peter Quill, uh, Chris Pratt's character's Peter Quill, Star-Lord's backstory mm-hmm. with his dad. Uh, we, we were kind of, they kind of develop the, the backstory of the Ravagers. We find out that this... Uh, we find out that the Ravagers we saw in the first movie were like a were, were like a kicked out subgroup of the bigger Ravagers group that was led by a character played by Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that Yondu played by um, oh what's what's his face? He, this guy's also no. he, he was in he, he plays like Meryl. He's in ama- yeah, he plays he, he he he's in he's in uh, The Walking Dead. Oh God, who does? Who's but the guy? also, did you ever, he he's actually a legendary character actor because did you ever see Kevin Smith's Mallrats? Yeah, he's in that. Um, he plays uh, Michael Roker. The, Michael Roker. Yeah, he plays the guy that eats the pretzels. That's, yes, that's what I can describe it. Uh, Michael Michael Roker as uh, Yondu is developed more and has what I consider one of the best send offs of any Marvel character. Yes, uh, I really so so Volume Two. Again, I didn't love it. But less people loved it too. You, they yeah. were more with on your side for that. Yeah, but the, the funny thing was, I was like, yeah, this is I, this is about the same to me as the first one. The only only complaint I can give to that one was that they there was a plot thread that I I didn't know why it was in there to begin with, mm-hmm. and if, and then I was like, okay, they're setting this up for the third movie. And I, I have very, very, nope. I have very big thoughts about that plot thread. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would say that, you know, I, I thought that was the only technical or story driven thing that bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really liked Chris Pratt's work in the, the second one. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought the stuff with him and, um, Kurt Russell as his father, Ego, I thought that stuff was really good. I thought that was some of the best stuff James Gunn has, had made up until that point. My issue, though, I will say, is that for as big as the movie was trying to be, somehow 
it was actually very small. Oh, but yeah. It, it only takes place in, like, two different planets. Yes. And the thing is, like, you're watching it, and, like, it, it just feels so intimate, and you're just watching this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not... Like, that. the scale wasn't right for me. It also, I think, it leaned too hard on some of the... Uh, meme moments that the first yeah, game yeah yeah and like it leaned way too into that and but that was back when all movies were doing that but yeah i was really hoping that this one wouldn't but of course it did yeah like like the first one had all the marvel movies had humor but mm -hmm. volume two had more like and at that point all the marvel movies were suffering from so much humor mm -hmm. whereas with something like spider-man uh homecoming you're like, okay, the humor works because he's a teenager and he's kind of kind of over his head. Yeah. Like, the humor of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it's like, okay, this is James Gunn's humor, but it's just, it's 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 so quirky for the sake of being quirky and different and, you know, out there. Uh, it was like, sure. Um, that being said, I mean, the, the actual arc of... You know, Star-Lord with his dad, Star-Lord with Gamora, Gamora with Nebula, uh, Rocket with Star-Lord. Uh, all that stuff was good. It just, it, it, the humor just kind of, kind of like, it was like, it was, was like a, one of. There was a very surface level quality to a lot of the humor. Yeah, like the humor at times felt like one of those um, speed bumps where you're like, oh, this is good. Oh, speed bump because of a, of a joke that just had to be told. Yeah, but that's also, like we said, when Marvel was... They're still guilty of it, like, a lot, but yeah. they were really guilty of it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the, the big things about the Guardians movies that we haven't mentioned is the music. I, I'm not so well-versed in, like, the 80s, 70s music, or the 70s music that was in Volume 1, the mm -hmm. first one. But I, I can say I was like, oh, I, I've heard this song once or twice or or there were some gems I've never heard. I was like, oh, this is really good. I really like this. Yeah. And then the, this isn't a spoiler, folks. This movie has been out for almost 10 years. Yeah. But it, it's revealed that at the end of the first movie, his mom. So so in the first movie, when when Star-Lord's mom dies before he's abducted, we find out that the way she and she and Star-Lord connected was that she would make him these mixtapes. Right. Mm -hmm. And she made him a mixtape and she gives him a gift and he like doesn't want to accept the fact that she's dead. He runs away without ever opening the gift. And at the end of the first movie, we find out, oh, the 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 gift was a second mixtape. Hence why Guardians of the Galaxy is called volume two. Yeah. So in volume two, you're listening to the songs that she wanted him to discover. They're again, early 80s songs. And these were songs that I did know, like yeah. uh. Like the big one was uh, was from the Jackson Five. Um, da, uh, da, 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 oh, da, da, baby, da, da, one yeah. more chance. Time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you want, baby? Won't yeah, and, and I, I, re I really like that, right? I, yeah. I like those songs. I was like, okay, so say what you will about James Gunn. He has good taste in music. Oh, everyone knows that now. We all know that now. That's yeah, we all funny. know that now. <laughs> yeah. So um, do you have anything else you want to add about our conversations about the first Guardian, two Guardians movies? So for me, the first one was truly uh, an an impeccable superhero film. It really blew me away. It is in my top 10 of superhero films. Um, it truly understood that this movie, what it was like for these movies to have heart and fun at the same time, while also somehow bringing the seriousness and the gravity 
that few other Marvel films have. Like, it managed to hold all that together in such an impeccable way. One thing I do want to add that was kind of amazing, too, is how because Guardians was such a hit, it permanently and clearly changed the directory or the direction of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like something that I don't think Disney fully expected it to be as big as it was, as it ended up being. But it ended up being so big that you can tell that for, you know, the, uh, for Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame, that they felt it was necessary to put them in as like very forward and leading characters, which you can tell they didn't intend originally. It still works. I'm not denying it. They full credit to them. They make it happen. But like, you can just see they were like, oh my God, we need, we need the Guardians of the Galaxy now. We need them right now. Like they have to be there. Like instead of maybe just having just Gamora or something Mm -hmm. like it's no, they all have to be here now. And it was just funny to see that in, unmistakable impact it had that's what happens when you make a good movie that also is a huge hit yeah the second did disappoint me for reasons you've already discussed that's all i was gonna say okay so one one final thing i'll add before we start our review yes uh there was a controversy with james gunn the some tweets of his from like way way back in the early days of twitter got rediscovered uh because of that disney fired him from the from directing guardians of the galaxy volume three Mm -hmm. uh what I don't understand, though, is that... So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 came out in 2017. 2018, uh, Infinity War comes out. The Guardians of the Galaxy are, like, very prominent in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, then obviously, Endgame comes out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, there was a bit of a confusion because when James Gunn was fired, he basically had no interaction with Disney whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh my understanding was was that before he was fired, he did not expect the plot point of Thor and uh, Thor and Thor kind of being with the Guardians of the Galaxy, like leaving at the end of, of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had no idea. So when he got rehired, he was like, oh, so before he got rehired. It, it appeared that the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy Three was that Thor was going to be a, a guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they they went through a bunch of directors trying to find someone. No one wanted to take the job. Yeah. Eventually, James Gunn was rehired. By that point, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three had been pushed to come out after what would become Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. So Taika Waititi had to deal with the plot point. Yes. Um, a lot of people say like, oh, uh, James Gunn, when he got kicked out, they decided to do this without him. Uh, like they did. They, they decided to add Thor with Guardians of the Galaxy to convince people to go watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like they always planned to do that. It, it was just that they they expected James Gunn to deal to with it. that plot point instead of Taika Waititi. Yeah. And, you know, so anyway. So well, you we got to also admit Tycho was used as their replacement James Gunn for a minute. That's yeah, yeah, he, he was. He did. was. Uh, anyway, so Tycho Waititi separates Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, we talked about that in our Thor Love and Thunder review. Mm-hmm. James Gunn gets brought back and they don't just want him to do volume isn't three. There, is, I have to ask, isn't there truth to the idea that like some certain actors basically threatened to break contract and not be involved. Okay, so Dave Bautista threatened to break contract. 
He was Whoa. the only one. Interesting. Uh, Chris Pratt, like a lot of people said Chris Pratt did too, but no, he actually was like begging Disney to rehire uh, James Gunn James. because because uh, Chris Pratt is a, is a Christian and he believes in redemption, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff. All that stuff. So anyway, he gets rehired back. Not only does he get to do volume three, but they want him to do a Christmas special. Uh, did you more solidifies its Star Wars-ness at this point. Did, did you? Yeah, no, that's literally why they did it. Uh, did you watch the Christmas special? I did not. Okay, I didn't either, so we don't need to talk about it. Uh, and but, the, but I do know, actually, our good friend Jay pointed out a plot point that is revealed in the Christmas special that is sort of treated as a fact in Guardians 3. Yeah, it, it is, but it's one of those blink and you miss it that it's... Uh, and that's something I'll bring up in my review. Um, because I knew of the plot point and I, I thought, I thought, okay, this is going to get brought up or this is going to be a big part of the movie and it's really not. And I have some thoughts about that, but anyway, how about we watch the trailer and then get started with our review? Sounds good. I'm going to tell you something. I'm star Lord. I formed the guardians. Met a girl fell in love. That girl died. But then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect. He just hated things the way they are. I want you all to know that I'm grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. searching for a family until we found each other are you ready for one last ride we'll all fly away together into the forever and beautiful sky was that you were in love with? It sounds more like her. Her? Do not bring me into this. (gasps) Knock it off! What? I just never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He, He picked a pretty set. That is a great trailer. We, we, we've been saying that a lot. (laughs) Yep. No, Um, I know. Because trailers, fun fact, they're meant to get you. they're meant to hype you up. All right. So I, I have thoughts. Okay. I have thoughts. And not just of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy in particular. I have thoughts about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially this latest phase. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
it it has been my contention mm-hmm. that since you've been gone, <laughs> <laughs> it's been my contention. Um, Multiverse of Madness really is the beginning of the new phase, right? That is that is that it, agreed upon? Uh, wait, I thought so. Not the last Spider-Man movie. No, I think the last Spider-Man movie was the end of the previous phase. This is phase five. Okay. Let me see. Okay. I. I okay. No, I, I. I guess I didn't. Let me see. I thought uh, Spider-Man started it. Um. Because no. that brings up the multiverse stuff. It was it was it Spider-Man? Um. Because Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man. That's why I thought that. Okay. All right. So. Yeah. Phase four. So phase four is, uh, is, is the, 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 the phase. So wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh so this, we're, I we're have in, to ask, we're in phase we? five. We're in phase we're in five phase now, five. but I, I'm talking about since phase four. Okay. I was All about right. to say, okay. since we, and we're just talking about the movies. Yes. Since phase four, all the Marvel movies had had with the exception of, of no way home. These movies have had one element, be it narrative, be it technical, be it performance, that is really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. In Black Widow, believe it or not, it's the dynamic with Natasha and her quote unquote adopted family. Okay. I thought that was really, really well done. Mm -hmm. In Shang-Chi. It's the Mandarin because Tony Leung is one of the greatest actors of his generation. And that was quite possibly one of the best villain performances of a Marvel movie in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. In Eternals, it's the cinematography. No, that's, it. No, I, it's, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it's it. the cinematography. But, like, yeah. like, it's the best shot Marvel movie. Yeah. Everything else is not great, but it's really well shot. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, I think, is the most complete movie. It, it, there's so many things about it that rock. But but it's here's the thing. Are you getting to the fact that they all have one amazing thing, but then so many problems? Exactly. But then this is what's, re- what's reversed about Spider-Man is it had so many amazing things and one problem. That the story was stupid. <laughs> the story was was really, really bad. But guess what? None of us gave a flying fuck. No, we did not. We didn't care. We were just like either I love you, Willem Dafoe, or or any one of the other villains. Yeah, that's all we were about. It, and it, here's what's fucked about Spider Man: it knew that. Yeah, it, it really knew. did. It really it did. Knew it. So and we're just like fuck you. I love this. Anyways, so so Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Everything involving Wanda was amazing. Again, well, we lo- like we said in our review, it was a great Wanda movie. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great Scarlet Witch movie. Everything else was kind of meh, but it was a great Scarlet Witch movie. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. I, I, I think the 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 best thing you could say about it is that it, the 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 good thing about it is that the Thor, uh, the Thor Jane relationship is yeah. is given resolution. It is. It's given. It's given respect. It's given respect that it really didn't have in the other movies. The no. downside is that everything else. Taika Waititi decided, I'm just gonna make a, a wanky comedy, and you guys can all fuck yourself. But anyway, you can anyway, suck it. it suck literally. it. Yeah, you could suck it. Black Panther. It's the grieving about uh, T'Challa. Everything oh my God, about it does that well. It did it so well. Where you and I in our review, we were like, 
we, and with my with my, our friend D, we were like, this is this is some of the best stuff that I've seen. It's just that everything surrounding it is kind of whatever. If if the movie had just focused on the grief that Shuri feels about losing her brother, this would be, quite frankly, one of the best Marvel movies ever made. But yeah, eh, it couldn't. Couldn't. Do uh, it. Yeah, in Ant Man, it's Kang. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. There's some controversy, but you can't deny. Not at the time of our review. Not no. at the time of our review. Kang was far and above one of the best. It was the only reason to watch Ant Man. That movie. Yeah. And in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, mm -hmm. whether whether I should have expected it or. Or if I'm I'm disappointed that that's the case that it, we didn't get like a more complete movie. There is one thing in this movie that is undoubtedly one of the strongest things that Marvel Marvel Studios has done. One of the strongest things James Gunn has ever written and directed, and quite frankly, one of the best performances by one Bradley Cooper who does the voice of of Rocket Raccoon, and that is. Rocket Raccoon's origin story. It is one of the best origin stories, in my opinion, that I've seen from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is a heart-wrenching story where we are, we are introduced to Rocket before he was modified by the Kai Evolutionary, played to excellence, like evil excellence by... Chikudi Iwuji, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his name. For those that don't know, he had like a bit part in the second John Wick movie. Like Did he's he really? A, yeah, he's like he's like the gangster that gets threatened by the the sister who was like the head of the of the mafia that John Wick assassinates. Okay. He's it, it's hmm. like he's like there just to show that the sister is like a bad is like a badass gangster. And then obviously he does like bit roles here and there, but he gets like a, a main role in Peacemaker, right? Mm -hmm. He gets a main role in Peacemaker. I don't want to talk about him because he essentially he plays Peacemaker's uh, uh, superior, and that's all I'll say. Okay. But he had such a good working relationship with uh, with James Gunn that James Gunn brought him over to play the High Evolutionary here with the uh, with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so Chikwudi you. Iwuji plays the high evolutionary to perfection. Like he is evil. He is, he is heartless. He he's great. He he's great in a horrible way. And Bradley Cooper, my God, my God, he, the, the, like, I know, like I'm the type of guy who's always like, Oh, why do they get, why do they get screen actors to LARP as voice actors? But Bradley Cooper proved that he, he could be a voice actor. He's he's a legit voice actor, and yeah, no, it's it's amazing. If I will say this, whatever rating I give this movie, it does demand to be seen just for the fact that the stuff involving Rocket's origin story is some of the strongest stuff. Like the same with Shuri's grieving about T'Challa, the the Rocket origin story is some of the strongest stuff I've seen. In in a, in a in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and I it, I there were times where I was like wiping away tears because I was so I was so like just heartbroken over what that poor poor raccoon went through, um, 
and yeah, it's 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 amazing stuff. That being said, everything else around that, eh, your mileage may vary. I don't know. What do you think, C? So let me first say that obviously the Rocket Raccoon stuff is some of the most emotionally detonating content in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. There is no denying that. Um, it Those sequences, I would tear up every time at those sequences. They are so powerful, so extraordinary, so sad, so beautiful. Like, really incredible. Both heartbreaking work. and life-affirming. Oh, in so many ways. I was angry with how good it was. It was. It, I was enraged by, by what it was give, making me feel. It was truly remarkable. The things around it, I, I have to disagree with you, Al. I really enjoyed. Now, the sequences around it are around that are not without fault, but I actually think this, as the third movie played such an incredible balancing act that was mostly pulled off. Mostly. Um, really and truly... So, I'll put it this way. The second one really felt small and bloated at the same time. This one somehow had more going on it, which made it feel nice and sweeping and powerful, but didn't feel over encumbered you felt you felt like this is the direction that the characters were supposed to naturally go and mm. you enjoyed it and the one thing i was worried about what as i was watching it in my opinion i was watching this and i'm like man they better not fuck up the ending with star lord here like they better they i didn't want gamora and star lord to like kiss or fall in love again and i didn't want them to hate each other and I, but I love the exact precise middle ground that they reached with that. That was great. That shot where they're standing behind each other in that perfect way and they acknowledge each other and they talk about, she acknowledges what he felt and he acknowledges that she will not feel the same. That is incre That was incredibly well done. Mm. Masterfully mm. so. I, I I have to say that I do agree with you. I really appreciated the resolution between Star Lord and Gamora. I thought that was not only the most reasonable, but also the most realistic. Mm. I I gotta say, so so I'll 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 kind of break down my critiques in sections. <clears throat> the the first the first critique I have is totally character based, and that's that's in the sense that I, and listen, a lot of movies can break this rule. And I will say that while I wasn't in, I, I wasn't as blown away with how James Gunn makes his character arcs in these guardians movies. I will say that there was always like, there was always this very, like very efficient use of, of his, his time of your, of the audience's time to develop these characters and to have their 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 pair because you know these are this is this is a team right mm -hmm. so the, you had these parallel character arcs that at the very least complemented each other mm -hmm. um you know uh in the second one it really there 
in the second one, all the character arcs really kind of all are under the theme of like, of like getting closer as a family. Right. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of the second one's thing. Yeah. And in volume three, I unfortunately, I really felt like all the character arcs just kind of had nothing to do with each other. Um, for instance, uh, Rocky Raccoon's character arc is very much tied into how his how his origin plays out. And again, his, I think his origin. I think James Gunn did great work with the origin story. It just the problem I had was that like, OK, we get a great origin story. And that's in the past, the rocket of the present. It seems like he doesn't know what to do with him because he kind of just wants rocket for the origin story. So he sidelines Rocket Raccoon for a majority of the movie, just so that when we do get Rocket, it's his origin shown in flashback. And by the time Rocket's back in the present with the rest of us, it's like, oh, yeah, I I guess I, I guess I have to do this thing. And there was a. I don't know if it's a plot hole or if it's just James Gunn having this habit of not really like reading into the big MCU Bible, but there's something involving Rocket's status as a, as an earth creature that in the first movie, he goes like, I'm the only me that's me. And uh, Star-Lord goes like, yeah, you're a raccoon. And, uh, and Rocket goes like, I don't know what, what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, but then it gets brought up again and you're just kind of confused. And this is, this is a nitpick. This is totally a nitpick, mm-hmm. but you're kind of like, you're kind of like, wait, why, why is this getting brought up again? He's, he was on earth for f- what? Five years. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, and I chalk that up to James Gunn, not really caring about reading the Marvel Bible. He he's admitted as much that he just, he just really focuses on what was done in the, in his, the previous uh, Guardians movies, unless it's something that he just can't avoid, like Gamora, Gamora dying in Infinity War and her previous self coming back in, in Endgame. But anyway, which you can tell if it was up to him, he wouldn't have done. But yeah, yeah, just... yeah, exactly. Um, Star Lord, Star Lord. I, I was really frustrated with his character arc because it's, it, it's it's mostly like him yearning for Gamora, mm-hmm. and then his resolution with Gamora is fine, but then they tack on this other thing that seems so like arbitrary. And, you know, basically it's like, it's like I'm hung up on Gamora. I'm hung up on Gamora. Oh, this other guardian brought up this thing. Oh, I guess I got to do that thing. And I thought that, where did that come from? And again, I was also, it has something to do with earth. And my thing was like, well, Starlord was on earth for at least Tony Stark's funeral. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And then out, outside of Rocket and and Star-Lord, no one else really has a character arc. Um I mean, Craiglin has one because he's trying to control Yondu's arrow, but you know, that's short and sweet and that's that's pretty that's something super simple that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um but then Mantis and Drax, they're pretty much just there until like halfway through the, or almost at the end of the second act, when they bring up things that are bothering them that you're like, okay, where did that come from? And then, you know, they get their resolution at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought like, well, that like, again, my, my main point is that I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like they're there. The arcs complemented each other as well as they did in the first or second one. Um, it was in fact, and that's kind of my main critique of the film 
was that a lot of elements just felt disjointed. Um, I felt that on a technical sense in terms of the editing and the music choices. I felt that with the character arcs and um, I felt that with how the plot progressed. And I, I don't know why this movie plays this way because like it's, it's the longest guardians movie. It's, it's longer than the second one by a good 15 minutes, but it felt more disjointed than the other one. And I don't know if that was because of the scale or because, you know, it's wrapping up an end of an era. So it has that problem that a lot of people claim return of the King had where it's like, Oh, all these plot threads got to get wrapped up. But I felt that a lot of these threads were just threads that, James Gunn threw in at the end of the second act. Oh, I got to throw these in so that they can wrap up. And I, yeah, like I didn't make me hate the movie, but it was something I definitely noticed because I was like, wow, a lot of elements felt disjointed. I don't know. Do, do, do you think I'm going crazy or, or what? See, I, I don't. So I don't think I agree fully. Um, it's because for me, I'm building the development from the other two movies. Now, granted, I like I have openly admitted, I did not see the Christmas special. And from what I've talked about, um, there's some things we get in that that develop them further. But I mean, I mean, the, the main sorry to interrupt. The main thing you get from the Christmas special is that Cosmo is now involved with the Guardians. And um, and uh, we, we find out a big a big plot point between two of the guardian characters yes, and it does, it does. One. Yeah. And it does get brought up in volume three, but it's so matter of fact, and it really has no bearing on the plot. It just give that plot point just gives us a certain guardian, okay. a platform to yeah. talk to another guardian. Yes. And that's fine. What I'm saying is so then fine. Just the first two, mainly the first one, but the first, the second one did develop the, you know, by virtue of having more screen time, you do develop them and do become more comfortable with these characters. Yeah. And you also remember you got to have, you have the, the cameos they've made in the Avengers movies as well. So we're already very familiar with these characters at this point. So this movie, I think, built off of that, like any sequel would. And you could certainly make an argument that it relied on that foundation a little bit too much. I could see that. But I don't think that hindered this movie. I think... This movie respected the fact that these were beloved characters within the Marvel Universe and just had fun with them. And I think the movie had to maybe not focus on certain arcs over others. And maybe you may just, you may see that as just being a little disingenuous, but... I don't think it's disingenuous. For, I just thought it was disjointed. Fun. Okay, disjointed. But I would argue in order for the Rocket Raccoon origin story to be as strong as it is, you had to give up a little bit in the other characters' development a little bit. I know that sounds weird, like why should I have to give it up? Well, you kind of have to because people can only, you can only tie in with so much at once in a single movie. You can only bond with or be emotionally tied to so much eventually one will weaken the other when you do too much and i think because so much was already happening that's just what was necessary um my other thing with this movie though i have to admit was so it was interesting how this was okay you look at james gunn's filmography okay 
which it's it's an odd one. <laughs> Let's we'll admit that. You can tell at this point now we know when he's enacting his James Gunn isms, and when he's not. And what I found interesting about this is this movie he was simultaneously holding back and vomiting forth so many of his tropes and types. It, yeah, and ways. It, especially and it like his propensity. Especially with like his propensity for gore. This is the goriest Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yes, it is. It is. Well, it's not. It's the goriest in the sense of like, let's just call it space gore, where it's just like you might as well watch be watching a water balloon pop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it doesn't it doesn't hit the same way, but it also in certain ways that I'm not going to mention literally is incredibly graphic at times, like for a movie that it is. Um, but in another way. You're watching this, and it does some of the Marvelisms at the same time. And whenever those happen, the James Gunn trope, trope is the only word I can think of, but the James Gunn tropes really hold back in a big way. Mm. And it was just interesting to see that. And I, for me, I was shocked by how okay I, I was with that. Because I know me as a viewer, and I know that I would have been like, what the hell? Pick one. Pick what direction you're going to go. But amazingly, <clears throat> I was okay with it. Uh, the only I, other th- yeah. I, I was also okay with it. I, I wasn't bothered. The only thing that, again, that bothered me was just that, like, the whiplash between the two tones, like, where it's like one moment you're looking at something super gory, the next moment it's like a very, very silly, like, like, like sequence of jokes. I was like in the other, in the other two movies, these flow together so much smoother. And this one, it's like, Oh, someone, someone's getting their head blown up. Oh, this guy's making a joke about putting your feet on the table. I would argue that it, it, it flows the smoothest in the first one. Yes. And that's, and and I would even argue like it's incredibly, it's a miracle at how well that works in the first one. Second one, you see the problems, and the third one, it recuperates significantly compared to the second. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I I still think it's awkward, but it, it I I was just like, oh, the tone the tone shift is really dramatic. But I and then I thought to myself, well, maybe that's because like he he's tr- like he's trying to double down on the quote unquote seriousness, um, but he still wants to have fun with this. Whereas in the previous movies, like. Ego was serious, but there was a there was a playfulness about him. It was and like then, if the Big Lebowski was a villain. And then and then like with Rowan Rowan the Accuser being so like such a stereotypical bad guy that the movie was kind of winking at you, be like, look look at this doofus. Yeah. And so I think I think I don't know. I again I wasn't bothered by it, but I definitely noticed that I was like the the shift in tone is a lot more dramatic in this than it was in the previous two. Mm. Yeah. No, it definitely was, but I I was very okay with it. I. I think because when, again, it balanced things out very well. Again, not perfect. Um, I will say he, I never understood the critique about the, the excessive use of the music for any of the Guardians movies until I saw this one. This yes. one definitely overdid yes. it. Okay, I have a pet theory. I want to ask, I want to know if you agree or disagree. Sure. I immediately was like, this, this music, this is too much. Like, like there were times where I was like, I was like, why is there music here? Why is there a song here? And then it hit me. I think 
I just don't like James Gunn's taste in 90s and 2000s music. <laughs> the thing is, I do like his taste in it. I, I thought it was good music. I just thought, you know what it was? Here's my here's my thing. Like like they would and, they would say a line and then music. Well, you know what really okay. So here's the thing. Every other time, and it's you. you we probably disagree on which time, but in general, every other time the music was used works. But then every every but that means every other time in between those two, it doesn't work. Yeah. So if you removed about half the times it was used, it'd be perfect. Because here's the thing. In my opinion, there are moments when the music works perfectly, but let me give you an example where the music really doesn't work and where the music really works. So the music really doesn't work. <clears throat> Excuse me. When it goes, so there's a sequence when Star Lord is in his original Star Lord outfit, which they didn't explain why he wore that, but it was still cool. Um, and he's listening to, God, I don't remember what he's listening to, but for those of you who don't know, there's such a thing as diegetic and non-diegetic sound. That basically means you are deciding whether the music is playing in the background of the film and only the audience hears it, or if it is playing through something that the characters are interacting with and the characters are aware of this. What's often fun is a lot of movies play around with that. They, it's non-diegetic, then it goes to diegetic, and then back, and maybe even back. Here's the thing. There's a sequence where Star-Lord is listening to some music on headphones and it's non-diegetic at first and then it goes to diegetic and then it goes back and it keeps going back and forth too many times and it's very, it's very um, off-putting yeah. in a weird way. Yeah, no, I and totally it, agree. And it doesn't work and that's the big example where you're like, man, I'm not into this. Yeah. The time it really works and I won't say what it is, but it's when a song... There, okay, the last song that plays works so well. I, I agree with you that, like, acad for me, academically, it works. I just hated the song. What? I, I oh, hate I that song. I despise oh, I love that song. Oh, and I love that song. <laughs> I love it. I was watching it with my partner, and she just turns and looks at me and is like, what's, what's wrong? You're, and I'm like, I just hate this song so much. Uh, I, first off, I love that song, and I love that artist. She's, I think she's great. Anyways. Yeah, but but point being, I, I thought to myself, like, why why is the music bothering me so much in this one? No, not bothering is too strong a word. Why am I not as into the songs or as into the musical interludes in this movie as I was in the previous ones? I'm not saying I was a giant fan, but I was like, oh, this song really works well for this scene, this sequence. And it, it for me, my theory is, I just don't like James Gunn's taste in 90s and 2000s music. Do you think the so, so in your opinion, do the songs work best in Guardians 1 or Guardians 2 for you? Guardians 1. Really? Okay. Guardians 1. Even though you like the music more in Guardians 2 is what I'm gathering? I I like the music more in Guardians 1, I think. Okay. Okay. No, and I agree. It works best in 1. It always has, always will. But um I just find that an interesting point to bring up is that yes, it was excessive. Yeah. Um, so something, yeah. something that was the exact opposite of excessive that you're like, why is this even in here? It's used so little. The character of Adam Warlock. So I was waiting for you to bring that up because I did a deep dive on who Adam Warlock was after the second movie announced him at the end. And he is such a cool character and he, the moments he's in here are great, but he is deeply underutilized. Like to the point that you're like, 
like I was watching him like you get rid of all his scenes it's the same movie it really is but and he's so good that's the problem no, no he's great the the guy who plays Adam Warlock um what's his face oh, oh great uh, actor uh yeah uh Will Poulter Yes. Like, like everyone knows him as the kid from We're the Millers. But, I know, which is a shame because he's which, in a lot of other good stuff. Yeah, like I, I, I know him as the kid from We're the Millers, but then I saw him in uh, The Maze Runner where he kind of played the heavy. And I was like, oh, this guy actually is a really has a really good stage presence. He's also in, he's also, presence, the, I mean. he's also in uh, Blo- uh, uh, Black, uh, no, uh, Black Mirror Banders- uh, Bandersnatch. And he has a prominent role in Dope Sick. That's uh, right. But anyway, yes. uh uh, yeah, no, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock is great. It's just that, and, and this is what I don't understand. So I'm, I'm a, so, so in volume two, uh, we find out that the guardians of the galaxy scammed this race of aliens called the sovereign. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like the prologue sequence to, to the movie proper. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember when I watched guardians two, I was like, why is there the stuff with the sovereign? You can kind of cut that stuff and, you know, you have a tighter movie. That prologue's totally unnecessary. And then you watch the post credit scene and you're like, oh, they needed the Sovereign to set up Adam Warlock. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess Adam Warlock's a big part of James Gunn's plans for Volume 3. And you know what? He probably was. I don't know, man, because... But it, then it, everything like, happened. Like, like the way Adam Warlock's treated in this movie, it really felt like... James Gunn was forced to include him the same way Sam Raimi was forced to include Venom in Spider-Man 3. I would actually argue that I think he had him in more than we saw, but he had to reduce it to make the film work. Um, and like, I have a feeling we're not, this is, I don't think this is going to be the last of Adam Warlock. That oh, it's not, Marvel, it's not, Marvel but Universe. it's not, but I like the, the simple fact of the matter is, is that Adam Warlock, most of his scenes is just him with uh with with his creator mm-hmm. um uh played by uh uh Elizabeth oh, yeah. Debecki who played yeah. like the head sovereign uh yeah. he he calls her mother uh most of his scenes is just with her mm-hmm. and that led me to believe like okay like why is like j- like i assume James Gunn wanted to include that Adam Warlock plot thread but now that i watched volume 3 i'm like did he even want him was this like a Kevin Feige mandate or something i don't know like and again he's great he's fun he has that lovable quirkiness that you find in James Gunn characters he's just barely utilized and he barely interacts with the guardians uh at all like he really only interacts with them in like the final scenes he has in the movie and you're like what really in a two and a half hour movie this is really the only time he really interacts with them okay um so yeah really underutilized I don't know why uh but yeah, I, I was I was a little shocked. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we both agree there. See that he was really underutilized. Uh, a, and this is kind of not a critique, but well, it's a critique, but it's also an observation. This movie's playing. I'm watching this movie, mm-hmm. and the first three quarters of this movie just feel like another entry into the Guardians of the Galaxy saga. It's really only in the last quarter of the film that they bring up these plot points that eventually lead to wrapping up these stories of this iteration of the guardians of the galaxy. And that was just, I don't know. It just, it, it didn't, I'm not saying it rubbed me the wrong way, but I, I, I really was like, okay, 
they they market it as the end of an era for the Guardians team, right? The, the end of this version of the Guardians of the Galaxy team, and it's treated as kind of uh, it's treated as a rocket centric adventure. But then in the last quarter, we're like, oh, these characters have these ideas. These characters have these desires. And maybe the team won't survive these different points of view. And I'm like, why is all this stuff getting brought up now? This stuff should have been brought up in the beginning because I thought this was a movie about how this version of the Guardians are ending. And I I don't know. It just, I don't, I'm not saying I felt cheated, but I, I, I questioned kind of, James Gunn's thought process and why, like, this is how this is. I'm, I'm telling this story, but then this, like, at the very, very end is when I'm like, oh, by the way, the guys, we're wrapping up this team. This team's no longer going to be together anymore. And I was like, well, why do you bring it up at the end of the movie? Shouldn't this stuff get brought up at the beginning? And then the movie's all about them realizing that they just can't work together anymore. Not because of they hate each other, but because of what happens to them in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, either you know whatever happens and, and i don't know i don't know what do you think do you, do you think it's is this just me do you have similar I, I, ideas i don't i don't make you to, i don't mean i'm not trying to make you feel like you're left out here but i just didn't i don't i didn't see that to be honest mm. i i just i think i was so impressed by what it did pull off and so relieved in the way they pulled it off that i i accepted this as the conclusion that it is mm. um one one final thing of yeah. my complaints because I, I i think i've covered yeah. most of my complaints uh when i go back to the disjointedness again i really like the the origin story of rocket but i felt like from an editor's perspective from an editing perspective every time these sequences came out they just i felt like they happened randomly and it just added to that feeling of disjointedness i had with this movie where I was they, like, they were definitely placed in, in yeah, somewhat odd moments. You, or you know what I would say, the moment they start is fine, but when they cut back, it is a little weird. Yeah, like what I, they're cutting back to is a little unexpected. Yeah, and that. you know, in this one, I, I'm this is like my most confident critique because I was talking about this with a with a doctor of mine, and they were like, oh yeah, totally that the, like. Like this rocket stuff was the raccoon stuff was great, but it just I felt like it just popped up so randomly and ended so randomly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, right? So that's that's the one thing I'm confident of. Um uh do you, outside of the complaints you did have, especially with the music and Adam Warlock, was there anything that bothered you or that you really want to talk about that we haven't mentioned? Um Yeah, my my biggest thing was the I finally understood the critique of the music from this movie. They finally overdid it. Um, I do think... Interestingly enough, I actually think the first act of this movie is its weak, is its weakest. It yes. takes a little while to figure out the direction it wants to go in. So I was at a mo... It, it, for the first act, I was concerned. And for the record... Weirdly, this didn't feel like a two-act film. I know it has to be, but it's a it felt, it's a three-act film. It felt like three acts. It really did. Um, so if it actually is great, it felt like that. So the first of the three acts that it felt like really was you know a little disjoint. I do see the the random quality that is a little, that that you had issue with there. It definitely almost didn't quite know 
what was happening. And, and the plot literally is, okay, we're going to go to this planet. Okay, now we need to go to this planet. Okay, now we need to go back to our planet because uh, a spaceship is coming towards it. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, no. Uh, it's, it's we need to go to this planet or this space station. Now we need to go to this planet. Uh, now we need to follow this spaceship with our, with our spaceship. Mm-hmm. And now space station battle. That's literally the plot. And... I don't know. I just Well, that's that's the plot if you ignore the rest of everything else that's happening. I yeah, mean, but it, it's a it's a very simple plot. It's a very well, simple plot, but but then it's like it's just there's so much they have to put in there that you're like like I did feel the two and a half hours in this movie. You did I did feel I did feel it, yeah. Okay. I I'll admit I didn't. I, I walked out and it was dark out and I was surprised. I, mm-hmm. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. I did but yeah, the first act definitely takes him takes a minute to to get to find its footing but it does uh, it, it definitely does um i would say yeah it does take a minute to find its footing there but by no means is that like me saying oh therefore i don't like it no i loved it um so yeah it's the music in the first act takes a minute to get its footing but man the movie really makes up for it in spades when it counts i mean the performances are good the performance like I, I can't sit here and tell, oh, the performances were bad. I just, I, I, I like, my problem's not with the actors. Mm-hmm. My, my problem's just more like how James Gunn decided to do characterization and kind of weave the character arcs with the plot and with kind of the aesthetics, the musical aesthetics and the editing. Where I'm like, okay, this movie feels disjointed uh, because of the music, uh, because of when he's deciding to put these flashbacks. Uh, because these character arcs are just kind of random. And then he brings in these two character arcs like at the last, like halfway through the third arc or the third mm-hmm. act. And I, I just, yeah, no, I, I, it, it, again, I wasn't mad at the movie. I was just like, Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel again, I, I feel, I, I see the flaws or what I perceive to be the flaws. But that being said, the, the stuff that's good. Like, first of all, this is the best looking of the of the Guardians movies for me, for me personally. I, I feel it, like... As far as look, it ties with the first one. Very, yeah. like, it ties with that one. It's, it's, it's great. I, I will say, the sequence, there, there are two incredible sequences in this movie. One is when they're in the evolutionaries like main base and they're fighting through that hallway. Oh yeah. That's great. That's amazing. And then the sequence we see in the trailers with the different colored spacesuits is incredible too. Also what I like, like what I like about the cinematography here is that the, the skin tones look, look organic. Like in in the first one, in the first one, they look standard in the second one. Like there was like this weird, like digital washout to it that I didn't appreciate. That was that was also a problem I had with the with with Infinity War and Endgame. I was like, what's with this washout thing? And yeah. it's it's thankfully not here. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, I see the pink hues in uh, Star Lord's face. That's great. Yeah, it works really yeah. well. Um, one last thing I'll say, and then we'll give our 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 review or I'll, we'll give our ratings, mm-hmm. is I. I I know Marvel, even though James Gunn's now with, with DC, Marvel's not going to stop making Guardians movies. No, um, they're not. And, and that's not a spoiler, folks. It's just like, like, like Captain America, like Steve Rogers is probably dead of old age, but they're making a Captain America 4. Oh, yeah. Without so, a doubt. So, so, yeah. You, 
you it doesn't matter what happens to these characters there's going to be a guardians 4 it's just not going to be a james gunn guardians movie which you know what we'll talk about that yeah we'll talk about that when it happens and we'll um, be like it'll just open and we're just crying <laughs> it's yeah like um i i will say that the potential of where this goes interests me because the dynamics are going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because we've got Star-Lord is going to apparently do his own thing from what we can tell. Yeah. Um, I I just... I, 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 I'm interested to see... I'm interested to see how you tell a story with, with these types of characters when you're not James Gunn. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm very interested. I'm I'm interested or not interested. I'm curious. I have a big curiosity about that. So uh, see, how about you give us your rating? <clears throat> this is a flush. It is a full, beautiful, fine, really fine flush. It's amazing. I lo- I really liked it. I'm glad they tied everything together in a way that I enjoyed. Obviously, the Rocket Raccoon origin story is has such a deep emotional impact that cannot be denied by anyone. As you've said, it cannot be denied. It, that alone makes the movie worth seeing, but the rest of the movie is exactly what I wanted it to be. Though not perfect, it, it really is a fantastic film that you should see in theaters, not just because it's a Marvel movie, but because it is one of the better Marvel movies of this phase and, and one of the better Marvel movies of a long time. Well, it's the first Marvel movie of this phase. So is that confirmed? This is the opening Oh, no, it's the five? second one. So, so, I, so this is Phase Five, and then right now it's just Ant Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. This is definitely Ooh. better than this is definitely better yeah. than Ant Man. Oh, by a country and mile. it'll probably be better than the Marvels. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that when it comes. So this to me is a this to me is a disjointed Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, there are, there are a lot of things about it that. I was a little befuddled by because while I wasn't in love with the first two, I can't sit here and be like, well, the character development was subpar. I, I got to admit, like, like when, when you're doing ensemble movies, creating it, you, not only do you have to create interesting characters, you have to have them grow and you got to balance the screen time you give to each growth. And then that growth has to go to a satisfying conclusion, mm-hmm. right? And, and they all kind of have to, they all kind of have to be in harmony with each other. And yeah. I, I can't sit here and say that James Gunn did not do that in the first and second, uh, iter- in the first and second entries. He really did, you know. Like he introduced two new guardians in Volume Two with Nebula and a Mantis, and they got growth. Nebula went from someone who was like, "I hate, I hate this team," to like, "They're my family." Mantis went from somebody who was like kind of like a running joke of like, look at that ugly bug girl to like, oh, she's kind of the heart of the group now. Right. And mm-hmm. and that's due to James Gunn. Oh, yeah. um, in this one, I, I, I really did feel like the growth was it was just really disjointed. The editing was disjointed. Um, and the, the music, like you said, the music just didn't fit. Like everything just felt disjointed. It felt like if it really felt like I was watching like, the first cut of a movie that it needed to be tighter, 
that some things needed to be getting rid of or some things needed to be more lengthened or, or like put put back in and it's just yeah um i i i'm not gonna sit here and say like oh well james gunn was just no longer interested because you know he's running dc no he finished post-production he he, he finished post-production on this he 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 he, he finished the the cut and then it was like two months later that he was hired by dc yeah. But anyway, anyway, I listen, I'm not going to see her and say, don't see it in theaters. There's like, there are some sequences in here that I'm like, yeah, you should see that on the big screen. But, and, and quite frankly, like I think, and I never thought I'd say this, Bradley Cooper's voice acting as rocket raccoon is mm-hmm. kind of worth the price of admission. It is impressive. It like, like it's, it says something when like, this is like, he this was the first Guardians movie he did press for. <laughs> oh, that's right, he did. This is the first time. And and really it's because like this the first two movies were obviously Peter Quill Star-Lord centric, mm-hmm. but but this one is very much Rocket Raccoon centric. Mm-hmm. And it still works. It, it it in fact I think it, I think that element is like I thought I think these movies would have worked better if like I know Star Lord had to be the kind of the, the the central character because the second one was about him versus his dad, mm-hmm. but I felt I feel like when these movies go forward, like a great idea would be like get a get a guardian, and kind of make the plot central them central to the plot, and I think that's an interesting way to go about continuing this franchise. Yeah, no, I agree. That's how you do it. You, you do what you kind of did. What they also the what I thought Marvel was gonna do more with uh with uh, uh, Doctor Strange, where he's kind of the, he's the guy that cameos a lot. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, with that being said, um, yeah, that's been our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, definitely better than Ant Man. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Already aged better than Ant Man. Oh my <laughs> God! Yes, <laughs> already. Already that aged. Was fucking fast. Yeah, really, really fast. All right, so uh, this has been What Do You Think? I'm Al. And I'm C. Good night, everybody. I was actually going to try to think of, like, a a verse of a song to end on, and all I could go like was, like, Ooga Chaka, Ooga, Ooga Chaka, Ooga Chaka, Ooga Chaka. I've been stopped this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold on, when you're okay, we, we've been on. singing too long. Ah, <laughs> I've hooked on a feeling I'm my own believing. Good night, everybody. That you're in love with me.